podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is Oscar Bevis for IFL TV. Spence, my man, good to see you as always, my friend. How are we today? Uh, Very well, mate, very well. Looking forward to this fight, actually. Natasha Jonas, Michaela Meyer, um, uh, January the 20th. Yeah, it's going to be good, mate. Really looking forward to it. We've taken... I would say Taker is one of our own, but we've enjoyed having Michaela Mayer in the UK. She's been received well, supported well. Um, but I get a feeling that in Liverpool, against Natasha Jonas, she might be public enemy number one for, for that week. Absolutely. I think, um, yeah, I think the British public have really taken to Michaela. Um, you know, she's boxed over here a few times. We love the style. You know, she, you know she, she brings, she comes to fight all the time. She's got an exciting sort of style, but definitely going to be um, yeah, a, the fans will definitely be against her in Liverpool Natasha Jonas what a fairy tale story she's had you know what I mean she's just gone on um, yeah she's gone from strength to strength in the last couple of years so yeah it's going to be a tough night for Michaela in there I mean it's a tough night for both girls actually in the fight but you know in the arena it's going to be it's going to be tough for Michaela because it's probably the first time in her career actually that she's been involved in a fight where the fans are against her in terms of what we're going to get in the ring, um, Natasha, quite good on the back foot at times, but she's got that lovely left hand that she kind of almost invites fighters to walk onto. Um, I don't know, I look at the two of them and I hope we're going to get a good fight. And I think stylistically, we probably are in for quite a decent few rounds. Yeah, absolutely. I think that stylistically, look, we know what Michaela Mayer does. She'll bring the fight. She comes on the front foot. She loves to fight. She loves to fight in the pocket. Um, Natasha Jonas, she's, she's very good on the front foot as well, but she's got that good boxing IQ where she's got good ring craft. She'll use the outside of the ring, boxes out of that southpaw style. Like you say, she's, you know, she's very good with that left hand through the middle, but she's got that good right hook over the top as well. So, look, stylistically, it's a great fight. Because I think that both, the, you know, styles will gel with both of these girls. And I think that ultimately what we'll get is we'll get these girls and it'll go down to the wire with both girls. So, I mean, it's one of those fights, Oscar, you go, who wins? And, and you really don't know. Going into the fight, it's a flip of a coin. Everyone will have an opinion, but no one will really know until the fight unfolds. It's like, yeah, it's, a, it's an exciting fight. Yeah, it's a brilliant fight. And I guess beyond that, obviously, they both know they're in for, a, like you said, a, a test in the ring. But beyond that, uh, 147's good. Sandy Ryan, Jessica McCaskill. So beyond that, for either girl, there's big fights as well. Absolutely. And do you know that what the beauty about women's boxing is at the moment and what they're all doing and doing so well is that there's big fights out there you know we just saw that excellent fight with Chantel Cameron and Katie Taylor like the girls move up and down through the weight divisions so fights can be made in different ways you know you've got like Lauren Price is coming through you know Savannah Marshall's done so well undisputed super middleweight champion like but they all fluctuate between the, between the weights so there's some big fights out there like you know for the winner for the, for the winner of this one you know they're going to have their eyes on you know Katie Taylor and seeing what she wants to do, is she gonna is she gonna have that trilogy with um, Chantel Cameron, or, or is that opportunity gonna become you know for say say if uh, Jonas wins it, she had a great fight with the, um, uh, Katie Taylor in the Olympics and as a professional. So like you know, we'd love to see that fight again. It's a big opportunity for the winner of this fight, definitely. It's a it's a legacy defining fight, really, in many ways, because the winner's gonna go on and, and, and have some massive fights. Um, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, brilliant fight and can't wait for the uh, for the first bell. You mentioned Katie and Chantel. Um, brilliant from Katie at 37 to come back and, I'm going to be honest, do what none of us believe she could have done, um, especially after the first fight. Bit of controversy maybe with a knockdown in the first. How do you view the, the whole fight, Spence? Do you know what? I mean, I know there's controversy with that knockdown, but if you see it from certain angles or whatever, like Katie caught the short shot on her glove and her footing wasn't right. She lost her balance. She went over, so... It's like, do you rule that a knockdown? It, the shot never actually landed. 
Do you know what I'm saying? Landed on her gloves. So I would have ruled that a no knockdown, a, a more a slip because of the way that her footing was. I think that Katie boxed extremely well, like one of her career best performances, if I'm totally honest. I didn't think she'd be able to do that. I didn't think that she'd be able to stay disciplined the way that she stayed. And, and you know, she controlled the space of the fight which and, and, and the tempo of the fight and um, run out a deserved winner. I think that Chantel... I think the cut that she picked up, I think it was in around the third, third round or something when she picked up that cut on her head. That sort of slightly affected her a little bit. Took her a couple of rounds to regroup herself a little bit. But yeah, no, it was an excellent performance by Katie and well-deserved winner. And um, like you say, at 37 years of age, you go, I didn't think she'd have that in her. You know, I thought that Chantel was just too big, too strong and stylistically would just outwork her again and draw her into a fight. But Katie boxed tactically perfectly and um, yeah, she, she, she won a well-deserved victory. I mean... I would like to see the trilogy. I really would because I think that you know the girls are that the first fight was brilliant. The second fight for me was even better, and I'd love to see the trilogy of that one. But if we don't see that, you know, we got girls like you know Natasha Jonas, um, the, the Lauren Price. There's loads of them out there. Caroline Dubois throwing her name in the hat as well. She's looking for a shot. So. There's some big fights out there for Katie, whatever she decides to do. Um, I know that Conor Ben and Chris Eubank Jr. are expected to have their fight finalised this week for February at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Yeah. Um, I guess something we kind of knew was coming in the end, even in amongst all the, all the controversy, a fight we knew was probably going to get signed and, and sealed. Well, I'm not sure we're even going to get that, if I'm totally honest. I mean, look, we've got to look at this, right? I think it's... Like, I think that... The parties that are involved should be ashamed of themselves, really, when we're talking about this fight happening on February the 3rd. One, Connor hasn't got a license here. Two, if they do it and they try and do it under a foreign license, that's why I mean, it's putting boxing really into disrepute. You go, you can't foul two tests, not prove your innocence, and then all of a sudden go, well, fuck it, we're still going to fight anyway. Because what sort of message is that giving off to the younger kids, the younger generation? You know, these fighters are meant to be inspiring and all of a sudden you're sending off a message going, well, you can do what you want. And until, like, I get... Look, I understand the frustrations from Connor's side with the appeal holding up this whole situation and whatnot, you know, with the British Boxing Board of Control, but go through the process and go through the process. And once that happens, then continue your career. But as it stands, you failed two tests, you haven't proved your innocence. So talking about a fight on February the 3rd against Chris Eubank Jr., for me, doesn't do it. I mean, look, we've got another massive fight on February the 3rd in, in Joshua Boatsy and Dan Aziz. You know, them two kids have worked really hard to get to the positions they've got to going on at Wembley Arena, you know, WBA number one and WBA number two, respectively, you know, so that's a fight that I want to see. Like, you know, talking about Conor Ben Chris Eubank Jr. right now, I don't think that happens on February the 3rd for, the, for those reasons that I've said, like, like, how does it happen at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium when even if they box under a foreign licence, the British Boxing Board of Control have to give them, uh, they have to grant that, they, they have to give them, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for, they have to give them permission they have to give them permission to be able to fight here on these shores and that's not going to happen with what's going on at the moment so I don't know why they're throwing out that date of February the 3rd maybe because of the Aziz Bitesy fight going on maybe they're trying to you know do something there match them and, and with this whole Conor Ben situation but that fight I don't believe happens on, on February the 3rd I think that that was I know Conor and Chris have been going at it a little bit on Twitter, but Conor Ben's been screaming at everyone recently and saying that he wants to fight everyone and his dog. You know, he's challenging everyone down to Boots and this, and he's all over the place with who he wants to fight. Get your situation, like, don't, do you know what I mean? Don't, don't, get your situation sorted out. 
and your situation is you failed two tests and we keep hearing about scientists have proved that it couldn't have been this and it could have been that but we're getting we've seen no fucking evidence so you know what I mean I mean it's just looking worse and worse and worse and now you're talking about fighting again and they took took him off to the state estates and he fought I just think it's a bad look on boxing and I don't think it gives off the right I don't give, think it gives off the right vibe and I think that everybody that's involved in that whole thing should be ashamed really because yeah I just I just think it's a bad look on the sport is it a hard place for Chris in the sense that He's coming off that win against Liam. His next fight, at this stage of his career, he wants to be a massive fight. The Conor fight, regardless, is that fight. Yeah. Um, Chris isn't the, quote, bad guy in all of this. No, no, um, so right. is it a difficult place to be for Chris? Because he's had a fight put in front of him that he really, financially and for his career, can't, Listen, can't turn out. I think that, you know, from Chris Eubank Jr.'s point of view, you know, you know the, 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 they've got the family feud going on and, you know, we know that they de generally dislike each other. The fight at 160, which would be a which would be just a one-sided mismatch in favour of Chris Eubank Jr., by the way. But you understand, this is prize fighting. This is about money. And, you know, Eubank Jr. will go, well, I can get huge money for this. And I understand that. And the same for Conor Ben. You know, he sees this as a huge money fight. But I'm saying, do not... I mean, let's go through the system. Do you know what I mean? Go through... Sorry, go go through the, the, the procedure of clearing your name before we talk about these big fights. Because that fight's always going to be there. But I think it's just tarnished because of this situation that's going on at the moment. But you can't just go, well, fuck it. I failed two tests. I'm, I'm going to leave that anyway. And we're going we're gonna to do what we're going to do. Because I just think it gives a bad look off to everyone. Well, I guess we'll see how things play out when the fight, or if the fight is, is announced. Uh, one more thing. I've listened to you and Simon on Talk Talk, talk about the Adam and Frank situation on camera. Um, I guess that in my personal bit, not that it counts much. I, I thought it, it was all right. If you're going to have a discussion, why not have it on camera? They're both quite open people who don't mind saying their piece. I know perhaps Adam was a bit wary of what it could do in terms of access in the future, but yeah. I, I don't think that was too bad, seeing them two have, have a little bit on camera. Look, they've, they've got a history of going at each other anyway. Um, and they've done it since then as well, actually, on TalkSport. So... Look, Frank, I knew what Frank was doing. Frank saw him, spotted him and said, hey, warm lager over here, because that's basically what he was calling these fights that had come up. And he said, we wanted champagne, we got Prosecco, didn't get Prosecco, we got warm lager. And I understand what it was. Adam Cashel froze a little bit when Frank called him, because he was caught on the back foot a little bit. And he come in and Frank told him off like a snorty little schoolboy. And I totally, I totally understand that, that's all what it was. They've since gone at it again on Talk Sport on Saturday and all that. But look, this is everyone's got an opinion, and you know, they, they, and, and they've had it out. Like you know, you can understand both sides of it. I understand where Frank's coming from. I also understand where where Adam's coming from. Do you know what I mean? And that's that's the point. So um, yeah, I quite enjoyed it to be fair. I'm, I'm sort of quite enjoying. Uh, you know, Adam's very opinionated, and that's a good thing. You know what I mean? Because that's his job to be opinionated and he's not licking up anyone's arse or not, you know, saying it. He's saying it as he sees it and that's important. And Frank's entitled to come back and do what he wants. So, yeah, it's all, it's all good. I can't wait for Frank to drag in former European champion Spencer Oliver and then see how that goes. <laughs> well, you never know, mate. You never know. I've got enough going on with this whole Conor Ben situation at the moment. <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network.